What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. Do we want to compare bylines? How many? Harry Horn. We're supposed to keep this thing moving, be fresh. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about Mavericks. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Sports Day's DFWs and the Dallas Morning News Ballsy podcast. Evan hates my my lead in. He doesn't like it. This is Kevin Sherrington. That is Evan Grant. On the line with us is our pal Eddie Sefko. Eddie, how many years is this making you've been covering the Mavs now? Seventy four. <laughs> it just seems like it. <laughs> it's like dog years, you know. They go by and you you get to count them triple or something. I don't know. No, actually, it's a little over a quarter century now. Wow, that is unbelievable. And before that, you covered uh, the Rockets for how long? Oh, no, that, that was total. It's actually only been 16 years for the Mavericks. Okay, yeah, about, all right. Uh, yeah. About uh, 11 years down in Houston, and uh, and then I, I came up here to the uh, major leagues. Oh, there, it, you, there you go. At some point in time, you get like I once got from, the, uh, from Dave O'Brien during his days when he was doing the Marlins. You get the um, really don't care how long you've been doing it kind of deal. It's just the... Uh, He's covered the club for low these many years. Yeah, low, low years, yeah. a lot of low years. And it's a, and it's you know it's a it's a it's a yearly tradition that uh, on media day I always ask everybody when will this season ever end. <laughs> I like what answers do you get of, to that, Eddie? Yeah, a lot. People are ready for that. Hey, all right, now we watched the game last night. Uh, well, one of us did. One of us did, anyway. And uh, I tell you, this uh, this Dennis Smith Jr., I think he can play a little bit. What do you think? Uh, well, I certainly hope he can for the Mavericks' sake, because uh, if he can't, then uh, uh, they're going to they're gonna hear about it for, for years and years to come. Uh, yes, the early signs uh, look good. Uh, he's certainly going to get the opportunity. I mean, he's uh, he's going to be the guy there running the point guard, and you know, although they may play two or three point guards, who knows? But uh, it's the one thing they seem to have is point guards. They do have some guards that can play. Uh, some young like uh, like Smith and, and Yogi Ferrell, uh, who's pretty good, by the way. He he's you know he don't forget about him. He's 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 going to help uh, help this senior, this team this season and. And of course, you got the Greybeards, uh, Devin and, and JJ Barea, uh, who who you know they their job as much as anything is to make sure Dennis Smith grows up uh, the right way. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about that. So uh, <clears throat> this is a this is a uh, an interesting mix of of youth and uh, and Greybeards, as you put it, on, on this team. Uh, and so I'm, I'm wondering though, how, how is, you know, Rick Carlisle has done a masterful job over the years. He, he every year, uh, Donnie and Mark, they take this uh, roster and they shake it up and they, then they throw something out there and then Rick puts it all together. Uh, I don't know if there's another good team in the NBA that consistently, you know, churns its roster like the Mavericks do 
And and not only bringing in different players, but they end up being different kinds of players. And so you have to figure out an identity every year, which I don't think is ever a good way to uh, to run your franchise. But at, at any rate, what would you expect the the uh, starting lineup to be on the on the 18th uh, when they open? And does that matter what the starting lineup is? Does it matter? I, I mean, come contract negotiation time, yeah, it matters a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but. but but uh, in the in the big scheme of things, not really. I mean, if I'm a player, I'd rather be on the on the floor finishing the game in a tight game than starting the game, a, you know, at the jump ball. But uh, I, I I mean, assuming Seth Curry comes back at relatively early in the season, and I don't think he's going to miss a, a real long time. I don't think he'll be back for the opener, but it won't be long after that. Then he and and Dennis Smith, you have to give those guys a chance and to show what they can do as as the backcourt because. It's a good it's a good mix. I mean, Seth is as good a shooter as there is in this league. He's probably well. Last year he was a better three point shooter than his brother. So uh, you know, you, you give those guys a chance, and if you do that, you're kind of small in the backcourt. Although Smith plays bigger than he is, and, uh, and then you put Wes Matthews and Dirk and, and uh, Harrison Barnes on the front line, and you take your chances in the first six minutes of the game. Uh, beyond that, you know, I I I, I think there's room for uh, there's wiggle room the, the games that Dirk sits and there's going to be several of those this year uh Merlin Noel will slide in and start and that makes him a different team but it's just going to be interesting to see how Rick handles the options because he does have a few so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh Dirk playing center um how much is that you know since he is lining up as the, as the five how much is he actually changing his game uh, from what he's done in the past well, it, it could be fool's gold at, at the moment, and it's just preseason, but it appears like he's putting a little more emphasis on rebounding the ball. Uh, and that's going to be necessary. In the, I mean, if he can get, you know, two or three or four boards in that first, you know, before that first timeout when he usually will be coming out of the game, then, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good help. And you know he's going to stick a jumper, and you know he can score a little bit. and He's never going to defend anybody, but that's, you know, that's why you have guys on the perimeter now that who are a little bit better defenders uh, in that starting group. I mean, Matthews is always going to be the leader, and Smith can stay in front of people, and, and Barnes is better than you think. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's a good, potentially good wing defensive group. Now, that said, in the NBA, offensive players are too good. You're not going to stop them all the time. So, uh, But, you know, I think Dirk's going to have a, another one of those seasons where – Will he average 30, 32 minutes? No, but I think he'll be over uh, 25, 26, 27. And I think, I think he's going to have a great year. Yeah, if he stays healthy and he can play, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. 26 minutes a game seems to be the limit of what you want him to do out there. And, and, and I guess, you know, the, the one thing about Dirk is if he is asked to do other things, I did think he had a couple of little stops down there on, on the blocks uh, a couple of times. You know, if, he, if, he, if he'd be willing to do that, which he certainly always seems to be willing to do whatever you want him to then that would be a big move for them. One of the big uh, issues for me this, this season uh, is to see – uh, uh, how high the ceiling is on Harrison Barnes, and I know that they're asking him to do more playmaking in the off season. Have you have you seen signs of that developing here in, in the preseason so far? He's trying. Uh, you know that's that's going to be a work in progress. I mean, you can't you can only grow your game so much in the course of one summer. I mean, uh, uh, he can work on things, and but you are what you are, and he's a 
pretty good three-point shooter, a real good mid-range shooter, but nobody shoots mid-range shots anymore. So uh, that kind of that part of his game kind of gets lost. He's trying to get to the rim a little bit more and, and put more pressure on the defense, handling the ball. We'll see how that goes. Uh, he has not been a turnover machine in the past. We'll see if that changes. So, uh, but it's another one of those things that, that Rick Carlisle wants to see. Uh, he, he really wants to press or put pressure on the opposing defenses. I mean, especially with Dennis Smith. Uh, he said it last night after the game. He, he's already start, starting to settle too much for jump shots. Uh, nobody can stay in front of this guy when, when he gets it going. So Carlisle wants him to attack the rim, attack the defense. And, you know, if he picks up charges, fine. But it hasn't happened yet. He's getting by people and slithering through. And, and he may not make the layup, but he's putting the defense in a compromising position. So that's what he wants to see out of Barnes and, and Smith. And, uh, and you've even seen Wes Matthews, who's not the fleetest-footed Maverick, but uh, but he's trying to get into the into the lane too. So uh, it's a different look team. It's more fun to watch for sure already in the, in the preseason. They're moving the ball and they're they're running up and down, and it's not this incredibly boring snail-like pace that they had last year. So uh, I'm kind of a fan right now, even though I'm not sure it's going to produce a whole lot more wins. Uh, Eddie, I've got. Um a comment and uh, then a question. Uh, The comment being, uh, would you please do me a favor and tell Dirk that, like, I think he's the best and everything, but (laughs) to please stop (laughs) tweeting pictures of players' dinosaur toes? (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll get that message to him. And, by the way, you saw him take the nice tumble last night when he tripped over the the midcourt line and fell backwards, uh, uh, as we we like to call it, ass over tea kettle, and and then – and then he's got up laughing about it, and everybody in the NBA has been uh, been jabbing him uh, on Twitter uh, since that happened. Even uh, especially Zaza Pachulia, his old buddy, uh, who is not exactly graceful himself. No. All right. Well, here here's the question for both of you because you've been talking about a lot of basketball-y type basketball things, and um, <laughs> you want to talk about somebody's swing rate or something? Yeah, I, and and I'm not real good with the basketball. I got to admit it, but. The Mavs won 33 games last year. I, I want to know from both you guys as we get a week away from the, the season opener, what's the ceiling for this team this year in, in both your estimations? And, and and also, what is the realistic expectation for this team this season? Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a swing at those first, uh, Kevin. The, the, the realistic expectation is to just get in the playoffs. I mean, it's if things now that's a little bit on the high side, that might be the ceiling. Uh, well, actually, it is the ceiling. I mean, they're not going to be a, a home court team in the first round. There's just a, it's just a, not going to happen. Right. But they can make the playoffs, and if they do, I think I think everybody in the organization would see that as a as a clear sign of progress, and it would also mean that Dennis Smith is the real deal because they're not going to get there without him. Because this is oh, a uh, this is a young t- this even though there's a mix here and and with Dirk in the mix there's there's certainly a, a wily veteran but by and large this team has turned the corner and is a young and growing team and so making the playoffs wouldn't be so much as as staying on the treadmill as it would be a step forward. Oh, absolutely, and, and I mean Harrison Barnes is he's like Dirk. He's won a championship. He's he's been to the finals a couple of times. He knows what what that feels like, and 33 wins last year did not sit well with him. He may not always be the most demonstrative guy on the court, but he didn't like it, and neither did anybody else in there, and especially Dirk and Carlisle either, for that matter. But, uh, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. I, I do think there's a chance they can, 
They can be better. I, I think they'll win more than the 33 they won last year, but I'm not sure they can win enough, whether it's 42 or 44 or 40 or whatever it's going to take to get in the playoffs. I'm not sure they can get there, but I think they'll be better, and I know they'll be more fun to watch. Kevin, yeah, yeah. what, what's your thought? I was thinking 40. I'm thinking 40 you games. You think 40 is realistic 40 wins. or high C? High C. I, don't, I think 40 is realistic because of what Eddie said. And then this is – Listen, if if Dennis and it, and it all depends on Dennis Smith. If he is really the real deal, in which he seems like it, you know, you you watch him play, he's very calm, uh, and he's you know uh, he, he seems to have everything under control out there. Um, I, I'm I was thinking the same thing. There was a there was a time during the game where he made a three, and then he was standing over there talking to Rick Carlisle, and uh, and and Rick, I, I was wondering if that's what you know that uh, Rick was talking to him about was. Hey man, how about taking that to the basket instead of just standing out there and jacking that up? Even though the defense had really dropped off him at that point, uh, but I, I think he does do so many things so well uh, for such a young guy, uh, and he is a—that's a, just a different dynamic. I mean, when have the really when have the Mavericks had? Uh, a player. When was the last time they had an impact rookie? Well, an impact, yeah, an impact rookie, and, and an impact rookie with that kind of athleticism. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what would I mean, Eddie? I mean, what is that? Uh, you know. Well, I I would go back. I would go back to. Uh, I mean, Devin Harris was was pretty. I mean, he started. Yeah, he was. Under you're right. You're right. He was fast, you know, and, he, and, and he was a, he was pretty pretty athletic uh, in a different way. He's not as strong as Dennis is, but. But, uh, but that, you know, he was a good, solid – I mean, he was pick number five overall. So right. that's a good thing. I mean, if, if you don't hit on that one, then you're – shame on you. Right. But, uh, but I mean, a couple of things I'd like to say. Did you guys happen to notice that Jonathan Isaac, the sixth pick for Orlando yeah. last, last yeah. spring, came through with the team last night? And and it's a little different for him. He's he's uh, he's not any younger, but he's, he's just a, a different kind of a, a player and, and the – Magic drafted him, knowing that it's going to be a two or three or four year deal before he they see the dividends. He's he's not going to come in and have the impact like like Dennis Smith is. And I actually heard some rumors last night that that, that uh, Frank Vogel, the coach down there, was was kind of hot on Smith and really wanted him in the draft, but they went the other way. So uh, uh, it turned out good for the Mavericks, obviously. But they liked Isaac too. If he had fallen to nine, they would have taken him. So. Um, yeah, it's I, interesting the way it's, it's going to be interesting to watch those players grow and see who uh, who kind of flushes out in the end. Well, I was you know I was going to just say about that watching that game. I was thinking you know this was a pretty good draft. I mean you uh, because you look at Isaac and you look like he could you know run a flag up him and that's uh, how skinny he is. But he's uh, but he is obviously obviously very gifted and and when he puts on a little weight, he's more of a yeah I, I think he's more of a project than than. Uh, than Dennis Smith is, but this this was a really great draft, and this was someone that I had talked to in the Mavericks organization the year before last, pointed at this draft and said it was going to be really good. Uh, and I'm wondering, have you got any indications since we're talking about whether the team makes the playoffs this year or not? They hadn't even started playing, and we're going to start uh, projecting that. Is is next year's draft supposed to be any good? Uh, probably not as as deep as this one was. But uh, you know, that, let's let's see. Uh, oh yeah, half of the Kentucky roster will be out. So that would help. <laughs> uh, Probably most of uh, the Louisville and, roster. I was going to say, in the whole Louisville roster, that'll be one player out of the you know that can play. 
anyway, you know, who knows? I, it's it's uh, that's a little far down on the radar as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, don't let me forget, Kevin. I do have something I want to get under Evan's skin about here before we finish this thing. Okay. All right, but, so okay. Before we, it, we'll, it, we'll come back to that. It's okay. easy to get under my skin. It's it, my wife does it every day. Um, the uh, let's just go back one one second. Devin, I just pulled up Devin Harris's stats as yeah. a rookie, and he started 19 games. I think. Dennis Smith is going to start more than 19 games for this team. Yeah. Uh, th- that's a given, I, I right? agree. Um, I agree. Devin Harris averaged 15 minutes a game, and I think Dennis Smith is going to average well into the 20s. Yeah. De- uh, I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, and- I, I would say now the difference is now, now, Eddie, refresh my memory. Who were the other point guard options uh, when Devin was a rookie? Uh, they had just gotten Jason Terry uh, as well, and – Boy, you're really asking me to go back in the in the break. No, I, I was I, I was thinking that, that Jason Terry was already here in 0405. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Steve Nash had just left. Uh, yeah, uh, to Phoenix, and and uh, they were in the midst of transition there. But uh, it, and it, it it worked out okay. I mean, uh, by the end by the end, the end of their second year, uh, by the end of Harris's second year, he was starting in the playoffs. So yeah, uh, I mean, it wasn't a bad pick. No, 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 I, and I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm just saying that I think that Dennis Smith is going to have, and, and it's a different kind of team than where the Mavs were at 04 05. I think in 04 05 they were further along in the building process than they are now. Um, but I, I think Dennis Smith is going to have the ability to have an even bigger impact than, than Devin Harris made. But Devin was the last guy, and we're talking 13 years ago. To have any kind of impact as well. And Josh Howard before that. There hadn't been a lot of them. No. Uh, and th- right. this guy's just different. Now, he's been compared to Stevie Franchise, uh, who uh, played in Houston. I think that was after your time, though, wasn't it, Eddie? It uh, was. It was. And, and, and But, you know, he's got those skills. I mean, last night, take just, I mean, it was, a, it was a meaningless preseason game. But he goes out and gets 16, 7, and 6. Those are, those are outrageous numbers for a rookie at any position, and a point guard especially. Uh, you know, if he can come anything close to averaging that for the year, the Mavericks are going to be ecstatic. Uh, now he's going to have nights where he gets uh, four, three, and two. So, you know, just be prepared for that. But uh, it's going to be, like I said, I, at least there's, hey, hope's a good thing, like they said in Shawshank Redemption. So and they, at least now there's some hope. Eddie, now I want to ask you uh, uh, about this because this is what's it's hard for me to keep up with now in the NBA. Uh, it used to be, you know, you, you had to have uh, a center, a power forward, a small forward, you know, a two guard, and then the point guard. And I would say that, that there are very few teams that are really built that way anymore. And uh, the opportunity, because of the guys and the athleticism and what they can do and the length of these players, we just talked about Jonathan Isaac, a guy who, you know, 30 years ago, uh, you know, they, I don't even know if he could have gotten on an NBA roster because everybody would have said, ah, he's too skinny to play at, at that position. So what, what is that going to mean for the Mavericks this year? What, what would be the, you know, if you had to guess uh, a lineup uh, that you'd see on the floor most often, would it be a conventional lineup or would it be something more along the lines of something like that? Get ready for Devin Harris as your small forward because that's what it's going to be. You know, <laughs> I mean that's that's the way Rick Carlisle likes to have two at least, maybe two, maybe three playmakers on the floor. And by playmakers, we're talking guys who can make stuff happen on the perimeter. You know, penetrate the defense. I mean, Yogi Ferrell's one, Devin's one, JJ can do it, Dennis Smith obviously. 
Uh, Seth Curry's a little bit more on the perimeter just as a shooter, but but uh, you're going to see more. The league is getting smaller. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And, and you know, when's the last time we saw a Shaq-like player succeeding in this league? I mean, it, by the time Dwight Howard got in, uh, it was gone. I mean, he, he's flamed out because nobody uses that sort of player anymore. Right. Uh, is and, he a victim and, of that, or is he just a victim of his own head? Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little combination there. Well, you know, not only the not only the center though, you don't really see you know, and not that there were ever a lot of them, but you, there were not a lot of Carl Malones. But you don't even really see those power forwards like you know like that anymore either. Uh, I mean, you can look you can look at guys like, I mean, the guy that averaged twenty and ten like Otis Thorpe. I mean, it was yeah. a really good player. Right. What would he do in this? What would he do in the league these days? I mean, yeah. he'd, he'd be lost. I yeah. mean, uh, so yeah, it has changed. Uh, and you know what? It's it's not not a bad thing. And it started back. It's really going back to grassroots. I mean, high schoolers are, are teaching the game differently now, and everybody has to be able to shoot it. Uh, the dunk is still. Uh, you know, sexy and sells, but it's not like it used to be. I mean, it used to be that's how you got on Sports Center, but now it's. I mean, it's just a combination of all sorts of things, and 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 the NBA actually likes where their league is right now. So uh, I don't think we're going to see this this trend of moving towards smaller, more athletic, and and uh, and shooting the ball. I mean, you got to have shooters. Uh, look at look at Golden State. There's a reason why they pass the ball so well because they know when they pass it, whoever they pass it to is going to make the shot. So uh, that's that's just part of the way the game is, is being redefined. The and I league think has, the league has moved. I mean, you know, you go back and you look at those teams from the '80s and '90s, and there was there was that era of specialization for guys. Guys were either a shot blocker, or a rebounder, or a shooter, or a dunker. And now everybody can do a little bit of all of that. I, I, it's, it's you know, the, and the thing about all that back then in those eras it was. Look how hard it was to find a big man, you know, that it could move and do what well, you Well, and everybody to do. tried to find a big everybody, man and force somebody in there, which is why you ended up with Paul McKeskey. Well, then that's why, you know, Portland takes Greg Oden instead of Kevin Durant. Right. So, um, you know, so it, it seems to me that, that this is also makes it easier to replenish the supply because it's, it's always easier to find small guys who can play uh, than it is to find a big guy who can play. Uh, and I, I would agree, and I'll, I'll throw a name out at you because uh, – He's going to end up in the NBA. I just don't think it's going to be with the Mavericks. But it, John Clavell uh, is a, is a back. You know, he's a try, guard trying to figure out a way to get on this roster, and he's pretty good. He's he's a, he's playing as well as any of the, the guards in the league and the uh, and on the team right now, except for maybe Dennis. And and he, I just don't see any way they can keep him. I mean, because they got they got too many people at that position already. So he's going to, probably going to get cut. Or sign to one of the two-way deals and, and go to the D League or G League, excuse me. And um, but if he gets cut, I guarantee he's going to get scooped up in a heartbeat. Somebody's going to get a good player. Yeah, he he has. I, I've seen him play, and, and you're right. He he does have. He does do some nice things. What about uh, what about your boy Jonathan Motley? Well, he's got uh, he's got great hair. And, <laughs> he does uh, have that. And uh, you know what? He's a, he's a really good guy, and I think he's going to need this year to grow, but I, I do think there's talent there. I mean, if it hadn't been for the knee problem, I think he would have certainly been a, uh, a second-round draft pick. I don't think he would have snuck into the first round, but he, he would have been uh, taken somewhere. But everybody was scared off because of the knee problem, and, and as it turned out, that's not, not a real big issue for the Mavericks. 
I think you'll see him play a lot in these last two uh, preseason games, which I don't think you'll see a lot of the heavy lifters doing heavy lifting. So uh, I like him. I mean, I don't know if he's if he's your you know future starting center or anything like that, but I do think he's he's got a place in the league. Uh, and and you look around the, at the solemn measures of the world and and guys like that, and you know why not? He's he's got those skills and more. So uh, and he's and he's younger. So uh, I I think they're going to give him every chance to to grow. They're not going to push him. I mean, he'll get his you know, 10 or 15 games with the team this year and then uh, see what happens in the offseason. Eddie, i got to tell you, the fact that you wanted to get under my skin and haven't done it yet has really gotten under my skin. So, Well, hold on. Before he gets under your skin, I want to bring in one more thing, oh, one more God. question about this team. Now, Eddie, I'm going to make you go out on a limb here. I want you to look five years down the road and say, who of these Mavericks still will be on the roster in five years? In five, five years? Yeah. Good Lord, I can't even think five days from now. Well, we'll, be, we'll both uh, be dead by then, but anyway, go ahead. If I'm still covering, never mind, I won't go there. Uh, if uh, I would say Dennis Smith, is, is, if he's not uh, if he's not here, it'll be for some reason that he was included in some gigantic trade to get, you know, Carl Anthony Towns or somebody like that. But I would think there's almost no way that he would be number one on the list. Yeah. He'll, be, he'll be here. Uh, I think there's a better-than-average chance that Harrison Barnes would still be on the team, although he will be 30, 30 by then. Uh, and let's see. Oh, yeah, Dirk will be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just might. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Uh, those two, you know, my list might end there, although I, you know, I think one of those other young guards, either Yogi or Curry, has a fighting chance to be long-term. Um, you know, you think of uh, guys like um, Jet Terry who came in, and he was still young when he got got to Dallas, and he stuck for what eight nine years uh, before he moved on. Um, so I, I mean, I think there's some young guys, some small guys that could be here, but right now I just stick with Smith and uh, Barnes and, and kind of leave it at that. And and that, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. In five years, your roster is supposed to turn over quite a bit. Well, absolutely, and I guess my point was that they needed some building blocks, and I think those two guys are pretty good building blocks, at least they seem to be. I think Harrison, we've certainly seen that from him. He seems to be a really good guy and a guy that uh, works hard at it, and that's what you got to have, a guy with talent who wants to work hard, uh, and that's certainly something to build around. So I think they have something going, uh, and it's just a matter of them continuing to add to that, um, and that's why – uh, if, if they if they were to win 40 games and not make the playoffs, I would consider that progress. Uh, and then they'd be in the lottery, and they need to add another. They need to add more talent. And whether the, the, they'd be able in position to, to draft better talent, uh, and, and as we understand, they are going to uh, tinker with that model now in the uh, in the lottery. We'll see. All right. Uh, now we need to know what it is that you wanted to do to get under Evan's skin. Well. You know what? One of the things I'm really looking forward to in this NBA season is when the Golden State Warriors win that first round series against the Mavericks and pop all that champagne in the locker room to celebrate moving on to the second round. You know, I just think that's a that's a that's a, a rite of sports. You know, you're supposed to have that big celebration for moving on to the to the second round of the playoffs, and and uh, you know, it was so exhilarating to see the the Houston Astros doing that yesterday. And you know what? Evan, I want to ask you, if they fall flat on their face in the 
championships, league championship series. What are they going to say about this season? About the Astros this season? Yeah. I, listen, I think this year has been a success for the Astros, and I think it's it, it really is is a start of a long term uh, a long term run. I, I think this team is going to continue to get better. Um, if the uh, if the Indians win this, if the Indians come back and win Game Five in in Cleveland, I think the Cleveland Houston ALCS is going to be. A fantastic matchup, though the Indians are, it looks like, down Edwin Encarnacion. Uh, and, and that's going to be a big, big blow. But, I, I, listen, I'm just very excited to, to know that the Astros are the second team in Major League Baseball history to play in both the NLCS and the ALCS. <laughs> it could be, oh, could be the first team ever. Uh, I will say to this, represent uh, both leagues in the World Series. Well, that's that's true. Uh, but let me ask, let me say this about that. I was there when the Astros lost in the World Series to the White Sox. Uh, they were in and out of that series before anybody even knew it had started. Uh, and I got to tell you, just making it to the World Series is not enough. I, I, maybe if that team had gone six or seven games, maybe that had done something. Maybe that changes your your opinion. I think when you've been gone a decade from the from the national picture, if you get back to the World Series, that's a start. Uh, it's certainly not going to be like the Rangers when they got to the World Series in 2010. The first time is is, is special, and both the Rangers and Astros were knocked out quickly in the World Series. But getting there was a big deal. I remember the scene when the Astros won oh, sure. in five. Sure, um, but it, but it, illust- it illustrates the difference in sports, the different sports, because I mean. Getting past a round in the playoffs, yeah, you, you whoop and holler and you celebrate a little bit, but then you realize, hey, we haven't done anything yet. Right. we got more work to do. And I just think, you know, those kind of celebrations just wear on me for some reason. I, I, and I just think it's – and I know it's it's just different in baseball. I understand, but really I don't. I, well, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think it, I, I think it's basically just this, that, that we just like things to never change. And in baseball – um, it started out that you popped champagne because you had won your league, uh, and or you you know because there were no divisions, there were no wild cards. You uh, you won the divi- you won your league and went to the World Series, so you popped champagne. Um, and, and as time has progressed, we've just kept that. And I do know this that the Rangers, the Rangers felt like in 2012 that when they clinched a playoff spot even though it wasn't a, designated at that point in time as wild card or division, they felt like they should have celebrated and that that might have taken a little bit of pressure off and led them into that Oakland series that they get that they got swept at and knocked into a wild card spot instead of the division champ with a little bit less pressure. I, I just think it's one of those things that's it's, it's a different kind of tradition from one sport to the next, and there's... There's some degree of a it's it's just a ritualistic type thing. There's there's no real logical explanation for it. Fair enough, Eddie. I was going to say, Eddie, was that good enough for you? Okay, I don't, Eddie, you didn't well, get under my skin. Kevin gets under my skin much easier. Yeah, you got to work harder than that, Eddie. You got to bring a bring a bigger needle next it, time. It, it, now, now, if now if the Mavericks upset the Warriors in the in the first round in in April or May. Then, then I can see the, the I think it's, it's, I, it's I a state holiday if they do that, Eddie. <laughs> were I you, 
were I you, I would not be looking forward to anything that involves like a lot of people in the uh, Oracle slash Oakland Coliseum compound because that could lead to toilet backups oh, and overflowing no. uh, uh, sewage, which we've seen on the baseball side, maybe not so much on the basketball side. That's though. awful. I don't even want to talk about that. Okay. Well, I'm going to go have lunch now. <laughs> Eddie, thanks for coming on with us, man. It's always great to talk to you. We're going to keep up with this uh, with this Mavericks team. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I agree with you 100%. This ought to be fun. This Dennis Smith kid, he can play. Yep. All right. There goes Eddie Sefko, our, our Mavericks beat writer, who's been on the beat now for 64 years. Hard to believe. Eddie doesn't look nearly that old. Uh, but anyway, he's done a fabulous job, and we appreciate him. Coming Kevin, weren't you his big buddy when he came? When he 64 came sixty-four years ago. Uh, you know, here's the thing: Eddie and I competed against each other uh, way back in the uh, early '80s. Uh, I was working for the Houston Post and covering the University of Houston, and he was working for the Houston Chronicle and covering the University of Houston. He was coming. He came right out of SMU. And that was his first job, was at the Houston Chronicle cover. And that young buck just kicked your butt. No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. But anyway, he's a, Eddie's a great guy. And he's got some he's got some real hoops in him, doesn't he? All that that's a lot. He he has covered some golf. He didn't take a little uh he had a little hiatus there where he covered some golf for a couple of years. But then uh he's been a, basically a basketball guy ever since. So that's our uh, that's our Mavs slash NBA podcast. We've also got a, a Cowboys podcast for you that we did with David Moore. And then coming up, we're going to have a little colleges podcast in which we're going to start something we're going to call Three Ways. That's going to be a little staple for us every week. It's not going to be a staple. You, yeah, can't, just a staple. Des- you can't just decide this unilaterally. I'm, start- I'm starting a tradition. <laughs> Whatever. We'll get into the colleges. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have that next. I never knew you were into the three ways. Uh, no, let's don't start that. What okay. is that? What is that? Isn't there, isn't there a sandwich called a three way? And then when you get a certain, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not into this whole <laughs> perversion. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.